Hello, everyone. So, today we got a Wednesday episode, and I know I haven't done a Wednesday episode in quite some time. I don't know when the last one was specifically, but I know it's been a a, a quick minute. So to those who forget what a Wednesday episode is, it's just something that either Connor or I wanted to do, talked so talking solo. Sometimes there'll be guests, sometimes there isn't. In this particular instance, no guest. And there's no structure. It's, there's no no Reddit question, no would you rather at the end. It's just us talking about a topic. And today, I'm going to be talking about James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water. This is the second installment of the Avatar series. The first one coming out 13 years ago in 2009. And the first one held the title for the highest grossing movie for a good amount of time. I, I don't think it was until Star Wars or, or Avengers. I think it was Avengers Infinity War or Avengers Endgame. It held the title for 10 years, I believe, of being the highest, the, the, the most grossed, biggest, biggest money-making movie there's ever been. It made $2.8 something crazy like that. And so 13 years later, James Cameron's back with the second film. And just just some more backstory on Avatar. I know that there are three other films planned. There's an Avatar 3, 4, and 5 all planned. When, when the deal was made with James, James Cameron, it was a four-movie deal to make the series in total five movies. And for the f- four movies, I, I believe the deal was for $2 billion dollars. They were, they were asking him to do this. And before I get into the movie itself, the story, what I liked, what I didn't like, and, and there is stuff I didn't like. So I, I do want to say that there is some stuff I didn't like, and there is a lot of stuff I did like. I, I just want to talk about the process this movie was made in. Now, also, before I dive in any deeper, I do want to say there's going to be spoilers for this movie. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything spoiled... I would stop listening now. But if you've already seen it or you just don't care, then join me for my discussion here. <laughs> so the Avatar movies, I, I think the craziest thing, and, and seeing this new one really, really sort of brought, brought it to the forefront. So the first movie was really impressive visually. The visuals were incredible. The... Watching it with 3D was incredible, and that was the same deal with the second one. But it was just it was just better. It was even better. They 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 one up themselves. And for those of you who don't know how these movies are filmed, there is no sets. There's no actual actors. There there are actors, but it's not. This is all digitally done. So the actors in the film. Uh, the the people who play uh, Natiri or Jake Solly or, or the or the commander any of the characters in the film this is the same case for the previous one they film they 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 wear these black suits and have these cameras pointed at their face and it's all motion capture so these little cameras capture the emotions of the actors' faces uh, they, they they catch the emotions they catch the movement of the body and that is used as a reference for them to then make in CGI. And and I think I think the best way of putting this for those that would understand 
So in video games, any video game whatsoever, if there are any cutscenes, so especially in some of the more popular ones like God of War or the Spider-Mans, pretty much any video game, the, the Maddens, whatever, they, they make those cutscenes the same way James Cameron made Avatar 2 and Avatar 1. So what, you're, what we're essentially watching with these movies are these three-hour-long video game cutscenes polished and fine-tuned to death. So normally with a video game, and, and video games have gotten so much better visually with something like Red Dead Redemption which was a video game set out in the West with some beautiful beautiful scenery of like hiking mountains and, and the desert. Or God of War, uh, which is a very dark dark and grim, grim game. Visually, they're both be- they're beautiful video games. And it just blows my mind that the voice actors in those video games, how those scenes were filmed are the same way the scenes were filmed for the Avatar movies. And when you ask yourself, why did it take James Cameron 13 years to come up with the second one? It's because doing CGI to such, to the, to the degree that they, he did, takes immense amounts of time. So, for example, let's just say for a video game cutscene, if I want to do a minute long cutscene and, and these are all just hypothetical hypothetical numbers I'm coming up with. I'm just doing this as a type of example. But let's say I want to make a one minute cutscene for a video game. And there's some there's some action going on in it. The actors are are maybe yelling at each other, whatever. Let's just say for a video game, for some good quality video game cutscenes, that might take two weeks. And, and again, I'm just throwing numbers out. For Avatar Avatar could do the same thing. They could have a minute action scene. The the actors are yelling at each other. There's a lot going on. And they could edit it and, and do the CGI graphics, all of that, two weeks. And it would look just as good as the video game cutscene because that's that's the route they're going to make these movies. But instead, they don't stop at two weeks. They go for another month. And so that movie, it gets to a point, the, the, the scene gets to a point where it just looks so visually realistic that you can't tell that it's not real. And obviously this is impossible for video game studios to do because they're not making billions of dollars off of a video game. Uh, so so it's not it's not a feasible option for them. But for a movie, for James Cameron who has a 2 billion dollar budget, this is this is the approach he can take. And it it is said that he already has filmed the third and fourth movies. So it's it's quite it's quite impressive what he is trying to do here with these with these films. And so it it ends up creating an experience visually that you can't get in any other any any other type of cinema, especially right now. I know so so there's a couple actors, a couple directors not actors. I, I I didn't mean to say actors. There's a couple directors that when they're coming out with a project, it's you know it's cinema. So so with the movie scene right now, there there's a lot of movies that are just those those action action cash grabs. Marvel's uh, the, that's been the talk around with Marvel that their CG has dropped a whole lot. 
and I haven't talked about Marvel a lot lately, but you take a show like She-Hulk, where the main character was CGI, that character does not look very impressive in the CGI form. But you take one of the Navi from Avatar, they do look very impressive. That's the same method they're, they're using, but James Cameron just took the time to do it. And, and again, same with same with these Marvel shows that they're pushing out. Those those CGI teams, those those graphical design teams do not have the time to do what James Cameron had. So I'm not blaming them. It's more of, in my opinion, the entirety of Marvel's fault for trying to push out so many projects so quickly. But that's that's a talk for another time. So so that's I think that's kind of the what I wanted to get out in the air before I really started talking about the movie itself. I wanted to go into the incredible amount of time and and detail that have, had gone into just creating the movie in the first place. So the movie itself, it's three hours long. The runtime does not bother me. There wasn't really a moment where I was saying to myself, dang, I'm lo- this is it's losing me. And that can and I've had that case before with a two hour movie where I'm watching a two hour movie and I go, this has been going on forever and it's only two hours. Avatar, three hours long, wasn't an issue. Same goes for the first Avatar, the, both of them. I, the, the pacing is good, the action's good, and the story is good enough to not lose my interest. And, and visually, I, I, I've already addressed it quite a lot here, but it seriously looks incredible. There are moments when I'm watching this movie and I forget, you forget that this isn't a real place. And James Cameron does a really good job uh, with filming, so he actually uses cameras when filming the actors doing their motion capture. And the thing about motion capture is you don't need cameras, actual proper TV, ca- like movie movie film cameras for motion capture because you're already getting all the emotions, all the movements, and the people doing the CGI can just put that into the computer and, and they're good, and you can place a digital camera wherever you want. But James Cameron used actual cameras and even designed a rig to record scenes underwater so that it gave you that perspective that you are watching a movie being filled at an actual location and and along and i I just did mention a little bit there with the filming underwater obviously the second one's called avatar the way of water and one of one of my just a, a funny story that i love is when the first aquaman came out back in 2018 i believe James Cameron said, that's, that's not how you do water. That's not how you do, that's not how you do it. And people were like, okay, what, what you got? And then he drops this movie. James Cameron knows how to do CGI and, and water. He, he's got it down. And, and for those kind of wondering, he, he, what he basically did is he made the actors swim underwater and do motion capture underwater, which is why it looks so real. Because normally with motion capture, you would just have the actor pretend that they are in water. That was not the case for this film. So the, the movie looks looks so incredibly real. You you are actually being transported to another world. And and again, I, I mentioned earlier that there are some directors who are able to create movies that, that are capable of doing that. I think Christopher Nolan is a is a great great one to bring up. Uh, James Cameron is another uh, great one to, do, to to bring up. Um another another one that kind of comes to mind is and, and he just just released a movie. Movie I heard it 
I heard it's not doing great in the box office, which is kind of sad. But uh, Damien Chazelle, who has done movies like La La Land and Whiplash, all these directors have a great, great job, do a great job at, at bringing the audience into this, this film and making you forget about everything else going on in the world, which is always a relief when a movie's capable of doing that. Um, you know, Quentin Tarantino. There, there's a couple others I can name. I'm not going to get too in, in, in depth with it. But, but this movie does that. It, it is doing such a convincing job at, at making me feel like these are real, real characters in a real place, and I'm just watching what's happening. And, and I, I think that's another crazy thing with, with the Navi, the, the blue people, is watching this film, you get to a point where you don't think, oh, these are the blue people. And even in the, in the first movie, you kind of get to a point where you're like, these aren't just blue people. But they're living creatures with emotions and feelings and, and things they hate and love. And it, it, it doesn't I, – I don't look at them as blue people. I look at them as like another living being. And to pull that off, you have to be doing some really good work, right? And they do that. And, and there's emotional scenes in the movie where you, you feel sorry for these characters. And just, just something I wanted to pull up before I really dive into the plot, the actual plot of the movie, which I haven't even touched yet. Just, just another, another, I guess, source proving that James Cameron's Avatar has such a, a powerful impact on people watching it. Uh, there's something called post-Avatar depression syndrome. It's not technically a medical term, but but people uh, people have claimed to to develop it where after watching these Avatar movies, they get depressed because they can't actually go to this place, which is kind of insane. But but the fact that the fact of the matter is there there are people who watch this film. And, and watching the film, they it, it, it shows them these beautiful, beautiful planets and, and sceneries and creatures, and it makes them want to be there, and they just can't because it's not a real place. And and I think, although sad for the people who experience this, that that fact itself does a really good job at, at proving how just how impressive the world is that James Cameron has created with Pandora. Okay, we've spent nearly 15 minutes of buildup just so I can start talking about the plot. And here's the thing. Like I said at the very beginning, there are some parts of the movie I liked and some parts that I, that I was not crazy about. What I, what I liked. Overall, I think the story's fine. And I'll just do a quick synopsis, just a quick run through. The sky people, the humans, they've come back come back and they've set up shop and Jake Sully is the king of his tribe the the chief of his tribe and he has to he has to deal with them and the twist is that the commander I don't I, I I'm, I'm pulling up I'm pulling up his name uh Quaritch is his name I don't think I would have known that is back as an avatar he has returned in the body of an avatar. His conscience was copied over to one, and him and his crew are back, and they're out to get revenge. So that's the general gist of the story. They target 
Jake Sawley and Atiri, they now have a family of four. And then eventually they realize we can't stay here anymore. So they leave the tribe. He hands leadership over to someone else and he goes to a far off, far off land, like a, a, a set of islands where he joins another, they join another tribe, a water tribe. And basically the, the portion of the movie is them learning about their way, the way of the water. <laughs> and then eventually the sky people find them and there's a big battle at the end. So there's a lot to unpack here. And, and that was a pretty clumsy summary of the film, but I'm not going to, that's all I got. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll uncover p- bits and pieces more as I get into it. But as of what I liked, I think all the characters they added, the, 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 the core family of Jake, Sully, and Natiri were, were really, really cool. They had two sons and two daughters. And one of the, the one daughter came from, was like conceived immaculately in Kiri, who was the doctor from the first movie. And she passed away when they weren't able to successfully transfer her soul into the avatar body, but she had a child and then Jake Sully took her in. So it's those four. And then, and, and this is the first problem I had with the movie. There's a human kid named Spider. So if anyone remembers from the first movie, some of the humans stay behind and there was a child, they said. It, this this was like a uh, one of those retcons where it was never brought up in the first movie. But then in the second one, they, they, they basically said, yeah, there was always a child. And it grew up on the island. He was forgotten when the humans went back to Earth. And so he grew up with the people remaining there. That's basically how they, how they played that off. And this character's name was Spider. And they hang, hung out with... The Solly gang. And this character I did not like whatsoever. I did not like the character at all. I I I, I don't think the the part of I think honestly I do think a bit of him being human was a, a bit of a throw off, but more so just the character himself. The way they acted and some of the decisions they made later in the movie uh really annoyed me. And and this this does play off of the commander coming back and his crew. So the commander comes back and his crew. They're all Avatar now. And they want to take down Jake Sully. They kidnap the kid, Spider. And it turns out the commander is his father, technically. Although that's a new consciousness of the commander. So he's not technically the father, but he is. Anyways. So there's the weird son father-son relationship there. And there, there are some bonding moments between the two, but this, this character Spider grew up with Jake Sully and his family, and I understand wanting to know who your father was, but he even has a hatred towards the commander already, and he knew the commander was his father, and then he met the commander as the Avatar and still hated him. And then he kind of liked him towards the end and, and saved his life. Jake Sully and the commander get in a big fight and, and the commander's going to die and the human spider kid so- saves him. It's just, it felt like it was some very poor writing in terms of that character. I think he could have been a super interesting character. 
it's just the way they pulled off his decisions and tried to justify him, I did not enjoy. And then and then back to the commander. I it was a twist that I'm okay with, and I, I do say that kind of unsure if I am okay with it. I would have been perfectly fine with them bringing in anyone else. I don't think the manor had to come back. And clearly he's going to stick around now since since Spider saved him. But it's more so, I'm not too sure what the Sky People, also known as the people from Earth, I don't really know what their goal is. So initially Jake Soli's stopping them from destroying all the resources. And they're like, we need to take down Jake Soli. Then he leaves. He just gets out. He's he he basically says, "Okay, I'm done. That I'm done with this. I just want to keep my family safe." And he leaves. And they just continue ju- solely after him. It's like all their other goals and plans were put on hold because they primarily needed to get Jake solely. Which I personally I felt like it made no sense. Sure, the guy has messed with you a couple times, but he's gone now. And although as bad as it sounds with me saying it, you now basically have the freedom to to tear down all these natural resources. Jake Sully's not there to stop you. And yeah, it's just crazy that they were just so focused on him, like nothing else mattered. And they ended up losing a whole bunch because of it. And 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 they they pissed off Jake Soli, they pissed him off even more. Some some things happen. Uh, he loses he loses a kid, and he's like, okay, I guess I need to fight. So third movie is just going to be Jake Soli going crazy on these people. And and the other wild thing is so obviously years have passed uh, with with his family growing up, and the the Sky people quite literally have a whole central base now. Much, much larger than the initial base in the first movie. They they have train systems going out to other little outposts, and it's it's pretty well developed for them now. But it, I don't know. It it just seems like they probably could have just done what they wanted, and then they just got sidetracked by a single character because he was the protagonist of the movie, and went after him. It was very strange. It, it, the, the, the motives did not feel there. The motives for the commander, sure, because he killed his old conscience, his human version of himself, I guess. But even, even then, it doesn't make sense for the new commander of the, the humans on Pandora to allow him to just do all that. It, it just felt not clumsy it just didn't felt like it all fit together perfectly but but here's the other the other thing with with James Cameron is that he specifically he he creates movies that quite literally anyone can go watch they can follow the story it's it's a very simple story structure people can watch it enjoy it and walk out happy. So yeah, you get someone to critique it like me, or or if there are other people out there critiquing it, which I sh- I'm sure there are. There always are people critiquing movies, no matter how good they're said to be. Uh, 
we can find holes in the story and, and with characters. But as a general moviegoer, as someone who's going to go see this movie, which I don't know how much it's grossed now. I know it made a billion. It's, it's reached a billion a, a couple days ago, maybe a week or two ago. But as a movie made to appeal to a large amount of individuals, I think the movie does a good job at that. And James Cameron does a great job at just setting up movies so that there's a good climax. There's there's good moments with characters. There's a great just finale, a good good action sequence to close it all off. He does a good job with that. And then, like I said, along the ride, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful film to watch from beginning to end. There, there's no moment where I go, I'm not visually impressed. Uh the Water Tribe, I haven't talked about them a whole lot. There's there's a big portion of the movie. So the first portion is Jake Sully, he's got a family now. Sky people show up. They're fighting them for a little bit. Second portion of the movie is they move to the Water Tribe and they just learn the... I'm, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> she said... Uh, she said, oh my... <laughs> She said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that or not. But now I think she's just shushing herself on the other side of the door. Anyway, um, where was I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second part of the, of the film is them going to the water tribe and them just learning the way of the water. So Jake Soli and, and his wife, Natiri, they learn the way of the water with the tribe leaders. And... Their kids learn with the kids of the tribe leaders. So, so there's two different groups learning in two different ways. And that's when and, – and that is the moment of the film where visually you go, oh, okay. The, this, is, this is his moment to show off. Also, just another distraction. I'm looking straight ahead on the chair kind of diagonal of me, and there's a pretty – there's a spider climbing up it. I don't know if I want to deal with it right now. Problem is I. Problem is I can't I can't not deal with it, because. <laughs> problem is I can't not deal with it because I don't want to record the rest of this episode. The spider has been dealt with. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, the the second part of the movie, James Cameron really shows off. You get some beautiful shots of just the avatar swimming in the water and you see all these really really cool and beautiful creatures and it's it's a it's a really just beautiful hour of the movie where you get some solid development of of the children and then you also just get great visuals to to pair along with it because another another important thing to note and and I think a big reason why you spend an hour really with the children in that second part of the movie is because the children are going to prob- most likely be what carries the film come the third, fourth, and fifth one. I- obviously, I think the third one, Jake Sully, he's still around, obviously, so he'll be a big role in the third one, but I could see them at some point killing him off, and then it's now it's his family finishing what he started. I, I-, I- So I understand why they developed the children as much as they did, and I'm happy they did. They're- they've, by the end of the movie... As I said, I think fairly early on in this episode, the the one son dies, and it's quite emotional. And 
for them to for him to pull that off for a character we we met just during that that sitting of the film that's a that's a good thing to do for for a blue a blue creature that that isn't even a, a real race it, it it's he does a really good job at, at developing interest in the family of Jake Sully anyway it then comes to the third act this is when the commander who's been looking for Jake Sully after he's fled finally finds him and then there's a big battle between him and the sky people along with Jake Sully his family and the water tribe and it is it is a brilliant brilliant bit of action it it's i think it's probably 45 minutes long it's a long bit of action and yeah it, it's it's nonstop uh, natiri Jake Sully's wife she is killer with a with a with a bow and arrow it's it's a incredible how great her aim is she is like the blue legolas and yeah it, it it was a very very just visually pleasing bit of action and and seeing the whole water tribe come in on their creatures that they're they're like flying fish almost where they go underwater and then they come up and fly for a little bit overall super super entertaining and yeah come the finale it's just Jake Sully and his family. They're burying his son. Uh, the commander was saved by the, the human spider kid who saved the commander and then went back to Jake Sully. He didn't even go with the commander, his so-called dad, which just annoyed me even more. If, if the son, if spider, the human spider person left with the commander, I, f- I would have, that would have, justified a whole lot more of his actions if he got to the point where he's like this is my father i'm starting to form connection and i want to form that connection then yeah but he saved him commander was like son come with me and then he just dove back into the water also the son says the 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 spider kid says bro so many times he just after every sentence he's like yeah bro come on bro what's up bro Guys, we don't need this kind of dialogue. Some of the dialogue, mainly Spider Kid, mainly him saying, bro, I had a bit of a problem with. <laughs> anyway, so it ends with Jake Sawley and his family burying their son at the Water Tribe. They've finally become part of the Water Tribe by the end of the movie. And and Jake Sawley's like, yeah, okay, we got to go to war. I the, the The one other character I guess I'll mention real quick uh, Jake Sully's daughter, the one that he basically took in, who was the Kiri's, who was Kiri's daughter that she immaculately incarnated, and it is because the if if you remember the Avatar films, the 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 world itself is a living and breathing thing. I forget they, what they call it, but it's kind of implied that that world gave Kiri the child and she had it. Kiri, her body's still in like, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. She's in like a Bacta tank from Star Wars where she's just in water, lifeless, but she's there. And yeah, Kiri, Kiri had the, Kiri, Kiri, no. Kiri's the girl's name. It's the, see, the problem is it's the same actress who played the mom and the daughter, the daughter's Kiri. She played Dr. Grace in the first one. So Dr. Grace has the child, Kiri. Jake Sully embraces her. And, and this character, because her mom 
kind of became one with the planet and just randomly had the child. Uh, it's it's implied that Kiri, Kiri has some kind of mystical abilities with the world around her. And she uses them throughout where she can kind of control the the creatures and, and the atmosphere. And I obviously assume that's something going to for, further develop in the later films. But yeah. I've been talking way too long about this movie. This is, I don't do reviews a lot. I, I do think this movie deserved, I, I wanted to talk about it. I, so yeah, overall, I enjoyed the film. Am I looking to the third, am I looking forward to the third one? Absolutely. I, I am excited to see this world expand. I'm excited to see the characters grow. I'm excited to see where the story leads. But that doesn't mean I, there aren't things that I wasn't disappointed with. There were story plot points. There were there were issues. I, I think what I could best relate this to is the Star Wars prequel trilogy. So the sequel or the original trilogy, great. Love it. You know, New Hope, Empire Strike Back, Return of the Jedi, amazing. The uh, sequel trilogy to that, the uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and the, uh, what is it? Palpatine comes back. I don't know. That one's garbage. I don't like talking about the one. Prequel one, I... I like the prequel one. The prequel trilogy, which is Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith, it has its good moments. And overall, I think story-wise, it's a still a good good trilogy of films. Yes, there's issues with dialogue. There's some poorly written lines. And there are some questionable characters, such as Jar Jar. Uh, that's a good relation to Spider-Kid and, and Avatar. Now, I will say Avatar visually, much, 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 much more impressive than than the Star Wars vi- movies uh, visually. But I, I can kind of relate, after after seeing the first two Avatar movies of, of an ongoing franchise, I can relate that to how I feel about the prequel Star Wars films, where I enjoy them, I'm excited to see what comes next, but they're not perfect. And, and I think that that kind of sums up my thoughts. If you haven't seen it yet and you just listened to me spoil the entire film, I still think you should see it. I still think it's a movie worth watching. I think it's a, a cinematic experience that you're not going to see every day. I think a movie like that comes out once a year, maybe two times a year, and, and that's it. So I, I, I would, whether if you, you could probably still catch it in theaters as of right now, uh, but... If at the time you are listening to this, it's not out in theaters anymore, wait for it to come to Disney Plus or buy it on Blu-ray 4K. I've just just watched the film at some point. I, I, I definitely recommend it. And uh, yeah, look forward to the to the n- next one. Comes out in a couple years maybe. I don't know. It took them 13 years for, for the second one. But I, I think the next couple should come out quicker. Anyway, if you've uh, stuck with me to this point, thanks for... Thanks for uh, tuning in. I, I hope you enjoyed hearing me talk about and rant on about the uh, Avatar Way of Water. Anyways, have a great and wonderful and pleasant rest of your week. I will talk to you next time. Goodbye.